Let's talk about monsters. Let's do it. Let's talk about monsters. Um, I think we got some silence earlier. Okay. So we can just go for it. Let's go for it. Yeah. This is Monster Manual Mash. This is a podcast. I'm Chris. I'm Wes. And we are the people in the podcast. We talk about monsters from the Monster Manual 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons book. Entry by entry. Uh, we talk about the history, the myth, the origins. Also, what the creators of this game wants you to think about the monsters. While these monsters stick in our memories and minds and what they are hooked into in us. Why they keep coming back. What's weird about them. What's fun. What's dumb. Uh, who's hot. Who's not. Uh, yes. That's what we do. Except today, because we're doing a, a class. I remembered this time. Did yeah, you remember this I time? I remembered. I brought my player's <laughs> handbook. Okay, I almost didn't remember. Yeah. Um, but we're doing Barbarian as a sort of palate cleanser before we uh, get really deep in the Ds. And we'll be the there for a while. A slog. Yeah. A good slog. A glog, if you will. Yeah. It's going to be uh, a lot of dragons. Uh demons devils uh, yeah. uh, drow there's all kinds of subcategories in them it's going to be a lot let's not do that right now we're gonna look at barbarian i thought it'd be kind of maybe we'll look at it and like come at it from still as a dungeon master picking monsters and think about the barbarian as adversary or monster or yeah. npc yeah and we'll come at it that way and maybe that will be podcast dynamite yeah all right so um well when we're doing monsters we'll uh -huh. start with like the, the description a kind of yes. kind of bit by bit sort of thing so we, yeah. we sort of have the same information here a lot more than usual yes actually i uh, a lot more but it's less focused yeah which is funny yeah but it's true so barbarian is a tall human tribesman no, sorry. We start with three short stories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Three micro stories. Uh, I'm not going to read everything verbatim, but we got a tall human tribesman strides through a blizzard draped in fur and hefting his axe. He laughs as he charges toward the frost giant who dared poach his people's elk herd. Yeah, I can picture that. Sure. Yeah. Tall human tribesman. Yeah. Um. Next one. A half-orc snarls at the latest challenger to her authority over their savage tribe, ready to break his neck with her bare hands as she did to the last six rivals. <laughs> Frothing at the mouth. <laughs> A dwarf slams his helmet into the face of his drow foe, then turns to drive his armored elbow into the gut of another. Uh, these barbarians, though they are different, uh, they have rage. They are defined by rage. And then it goes on to talk about how much rage they have and where yeah. it comes from. Yeah. I think it's uh, it's important to look at sort of the action words in those three stories. And you get sort of like a, a word web. <laughs> you do. <laughs> what a barbarian yeah. is about. <laughs> stride. So stride through a blizzard. Or stride in particular is the verb. Draped in fur, hefting an axe, laughs as you charge, um, snarls, 
break, break yeah break his neck bare hands yeah frothing frothing is mouth, my favorite slam a helmet yeah. uh drive armored elbow these things these are the action words of what barbarians do <laughs> Uh, for some, their rage comes from a communion with fierce animal spirits. Others, from a roiling reservoir of anger at a world full of pain. <laughs> <laughs> That's very specific about, like, the reason for the rage. It is. Right? It's a little goofy. It's a little goofy. I guess because this is a hero. That this is, like, your player character. Which yeah. doesn't always have to be a good guy. But if you're a good guy whose defining trait is that you... Is anger... Which yeah. is a pretty negative. Yeah. You uh, just have unquenchable, have. destructive urges and like hate for things. But it comes from an awareness of <laughs> how comes, bad the world is. Yeah. Yeah. Either, either a, a pining for a world that could be and that, and that it's not this way. And that's what <laughs> the conflict between the two ideas is what yeah. creates your anger. Or you are so in touch with nature and the natural yeah. world. Yeah. Some barbarians just want to punch and kick their way towards fully automated luxury space communism. <laughs> <laughs> they will die trying. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Which is great. But that's, that's like, it's funny because it doesn't really, uh, the, the two ideas never really meet in the middle for me, I don't think. No. Like the, uh, the older barbarians in this game, they're described more as like, Kind of, I don't know, just closer to something like Conan. Yeah. Where they have uh, incredible fighting prowess and are individualistic and suffer no civilization civilization telling them how to live, what to do. Yeah. They can't read. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's like an important part. That is. They can't read. <laughs> that used to be a rule. Yeah. That was a rule, yeah, because words make you complacent. <laughs> yeah, words make you weak. Yeah. But in this one, they have to... It, I think it kind of came from 4th edition where they had they were big on the sources of class powers. Right. Because in 4th edition, you like that's when people, all the classes started being able to do like really wacky, intense, world-bending stuff. Yeah. Right? And they really wanted to make everything a level playing field so that yeah. every character was as... Uh, effective as another one so they were they were really specific about how to categorize everyone they chopped everyone into certain categories so there was a whole section of characters that were like their their power source or something like that so anyways the uh the barbarians were like primal no what am i talking about what did they do I don't know. I never played a lot of fourth edition. Marshall, there's like a Marshall. Yeah. Marshall Primal. I don't remember what they were. I only I played it for a while. The, the like I'm going to look it up. Okay. Because I can't stand it. But the idea was that they were like so in touch with nature that they were they were like a druid. They were on the same level as a druid yeah. in terms of their like respect for nature and their affinity for it because every power source had to have a striker, a defender, a leader, and a, like, what, a controller, like a crowd right. controller. Yeah. 
within each one. Anyways, it's it's not important. <laughs> what is important is that barbarians have primal instinct. People of towns and cities take pride in how their civilized ways set them apart from animals. To a barbarian, civilization is no virtue but a sign of weakness. The strong embrace their animal nature. Keen instincts, primal physicality, and ferocious rage. They're uncomfortable when they are hedged in by walls and crowds. They thrive in the wilds of their homeland, the tundra, the jungle, the grasslands. Barbarians come alive in the chaos of combat. They can enter a berserk state where rage takes over, giving them superhuman strength and resilience. They can only draw from this reservoir a fury a few times a day without resting. So you have a bit of the attitude and their context um, when you place them against civilized society. Yeah. Uh, barbarian can't really exist, or at least our like modern notion of the barbarian uh, exists in conflict with civilization. That's kind of what makes a barbarian. And yeah. that is so, uh, kind of historically, that's actually technically like where the word comes from even, uh, which I'll talk about later. Yeah. So it gives you a hint of how you're supposed to, how these people view civilization and other people and what they prefer to do, which is live in a monstrous rage fighting in a, in a jungle tundra. <laughs> a life of danger is the next subheading. Not every member of the tribes deemed barbarians has the barbarian class. A true barbarian is as uncommon as a skilled fighter is in a town. And they play a similar role, which would be a protector of the people and leaders in times of war. Life in the wild places is fraught. Rival tribes, deadly weather, monsters, barbarians love it. Their courage in the face of danger makes barbarians perfectly suited for adventuring. It's a way of life for their native tribes, mostly wandering. And the rootless life of the adventurer is little hardship for a barbarian. Sometimes they miss the close-knit tightness of a family unit. Yeah. And they find it in an adventuring party. Yeah. And that's always where, like, some of the character development kind of comes out with barbarians is mm -hmm. i'm like warming up to these like weird city folk with their just dumb magic words that yeah. make things catch on fire you know <laughs> it's like yeah maybe those guys are all right yeah it, but to me again this kind of like it they say it goes one way and they also say it goes the other way yeah where they're like they don't care for the trappings of civilization and they think civilization is silly yeah but they're uh it doesn't say like if they're hanging out with, you know, like a paladin and a wizard yeah. and stuff, they're not necessarily going to become like best friends with them. Yeah. And like develop the like family. That would be pretty funny though. Like <laughs> someone who kind of hates you also develops this like dog like friendliness with you. Yeah. Where they're kind of, they're just like they're like they don't think it's a big deal to like borrow your food. Right. And eat with you and then like they you wake up and they're like sleeping on top of you in a big like hamster pile. <laughs> yeah. It's also like um 
it seems like you could make the case i might make the case that this is less about like barbarians not liking civilization and it's more about them just having opinions about the kind of civilization mm-hmm. that they like to be a part of you know sure. yeah um yeah so that's the overall archetype of the barbarian as presented in the game yeah and then when you get into your like what are they called the path so all of the classes split off into like sub specialties at certain levels and they all are called different things barbarians have paths and the ones in the player's handbook you have the path of the berserker and you have the path of the totem warrior and the berserker you get a more powerful rage, which is a thing you enter into X number of times a day before a short rest or whatever that increases your strength and your uh, your damage gives you like resistance. <laughs> it's called and it's called a frenzy too. Yeah, the so new you, one is called the frenzy. Yeah, but you can. It doesn't have to be a frenzy every time you go into a rage. You just <laughs> <laughs> right because so that you you get like there's like two levels of angry. You can yeah. be on is like okay. Am I gonna get mad or am I gonna get real mad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, <laughs> I love that. That's a choice. <laughs> it is goofy. Yeah, to like we're turning this up to a frenzy, <laughs> capital F. And that one that you just basically love. Uh, rage is a means to an end. That end being violence. <laughs> <laughs> So that's your stereotypical traditional barbarian, someone who just like wants to hit stuff all the time. Yeah. And then the path of the totem warrior, you get more specialized abilities based on a few different animal spirits that accompany you. And then that's more your like, if you want to be a sort of like spiritual warrior, Yeah, you would like primal spiritual warrior you would have these this archetype for you it's less about raging and more about these like aspects of animals that you get to take on yeah which is kind of neat because it doesn't have to be all about rage even though they say that it is even though they say barbarians are defined by their rage (laughs) at the beginning they really try to sell you on that and it doesn't really uh doesn't really hold up they're they're concerned mostly about reinforcing the mechanical workings of the class. Yeah. Because the, the places that the barbarian comes from out of fiction that made people like put it in the game in the first place, uh, there's a bit of rage. Yeah. There's a lot of, uh, like certainly a lot of fighting. Yeah. A lot of physical prowess, but there's no like, consistent going into a like a blood crazed fury yeah as like a thing that they do once like uh, regularly yeah and i'm sure you can point to stuff in like conan stories and others where they certainly like are probably angry while they're fighting yeah (laughs) but it's a the mechanic came a bit later after the barbarian was introduced and then really took off as like a thing people like to play as 
Yeah. So then now that we're in the fifth edition and they are getting good at refining the classes and really picking out like what makes things so iconic, they're making rage the thing about barbarians. They're trying to, even though it's like it doesn't doesn't always make sense to me. Yeah, there is. I, there are ways to like, if you twist it, like if you're if you're making a barbarian, like I think there's that's like a kind of a, a weird role playing responsibility. Yeah, to to make that interesting and engaging for like the other people you're playing with, because you can just say like, oh, I go into a rage now, and just you say it. Yeah, matter of fact, and then it's like, you know, it's I'm just turning on fight mode. Yeah, and then it turns you know? off and then it's like you just something you it just becomes like a combat thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz I I played a barbarian one time and I can I'll, I'll, I maybe I could talk more about that later in the show. But <laughs> Why not talk about it now? Well, I can talk about it now. Yes, I will <laughs> tell you all about Belacor. <laughs> my barbarian, but his deal was that he wasn't like from the wilds. He wasn't like a like a like a on the fringes of civilization. He was just a 17 year old blacksmith's assistant, mm-hmm. just a regular kid whose uh, uh, village got attacked by a manticore and killed a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. And he was working on building a sword. And then he saw the monster and then blacked out and doesn't remember what happened, but then woke up like with the monster dead and he was mm-hmm. standing over top of it. And he's a very earnest, like simple guy. Uh, so he decided that like, well, I mean, if there are monsters in the world, I better go, like, take care of that. Mm-hmm. And just left town without telling anybody, because he just, it was just it's something that had to get done. There was monsters were going to keep killing people. But his whole deal was he was just a regular person who had, like, a pretty intense anger management problem when there was something he perceived as a monster present. Right. And then he would black out. Yeah. Would he black out every time? Yeah. He would, he wouldn't like, I would still keep playing, but he would yeah. be, he wouldn't, he'd be nonverbal while he was, well, he, he would be like, that's, I love frothing at the mouth because I use that all the time. <laughs> he was just babbling intelligibly um, until the monsters were dead. And then he would kind of com- calm down and sort of like piece together what happened by looking at the battlefield after the fact. And when he wasn't in a rage, he was, he was just like, just like a, like a, like a farm boy, just this earnest mm-hmm. helping you out kind of guy. Um, uh, but then when well, there were monsters and then the other thing about him is he had no, because he wasn't like fully conscious when he was doing that, he had no real perception that he was, when he was punching above his weight, Yeah, basically he would just throw himself at things. And so, uh, I wasn't really, uh, like, Oh, he's, he's from the wilds and doing all this. He's just a regular guy. He's a regular guy. So, uh, when he went into a rage that was a very, like, there were role play kind of triggers that made that happen. Right. And when he couldn't do it anymore, he was, it was like, I would. Yeah. You weren't thinking yeah. necessarily tactically about like, when should I deploy this, uh, scarce resource for sure yeah I, I i would like i think i used it because there was just like a weird looking pig one time <laughs> and which like had to be some kind of demon monster <laughs> and but it was just it was just a it was just a weird looking regular creature <laughs> right and so the the paladin the cleric that he was adventuring with sort of had to be like it's it's fine <laughs> calm down are monsters yeah um but that was that was how i kind of like i made the rage that he wanted to do not like a not like a like a like a zone that you like a, like a, just like a skill that a regular person with that that was like a weird strange quirk of his yeah that 
he had. Yeah. yeah, which is great. That's a good way of reskinning the class, and that's something that fifth edition is really good at. That previous editions didn't handle so well. Fourth was okay at it, but like th- like three point five, which was a really popular one for yeah. many, many, many years, you can't play around with stuff that much because if you want to play the barbarian class you have to be illiterate because it's like it's so tied to the narrative and the thematic concept as well as the mechanics that you can't really without like you could always just say if your dm was cool with it to make it that way but like you would have to ask and you would have to do the work of like fixing it so that you could support it. Yeah. But this, uh, even though it doesn't like, I think there's like one little blurb about reskinning somewhere in the DMS guide. Yeah. But it totally works. If you really wanted, you could just have it be like, uh, I was trying to uh, list other ways you could represent the rage mechanic. Yeah. And that's a great example. Your guy where it's just like, it's not a, He's not defined by his, he doesn't define himself by his rage. Yeah. But it happens to him. It's like an affliction almost. Yeah. But he's weaponized. Yeah. Um, if you also wanted something less like angry, because that always actually kind of turned me away from playing a barbarian, it was like, I don't yeah. want to be like angry necessarily if I want to like role play as someone that goes into a rage. I wrote down, uh, like, Terminator. Like, what if you just became completely stoic? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you could play as, like, someone who just acts that way or, like, a non, uh, like, mortal being. Right. Like, you could be, like, a construct would be a good, like, barbarian character, maybe, who yeah. just, like, goes into overdrive. Yeah. Um, some, some, you are somehow able to overclock your body like a monk could. Um, spirit swapping so like an, something else takes over your body yeah. for a time and maybe you don't know what they are but maybe you know what they are yeah or maybe um like if you're like a like a like a wolf or like a bear totem barbarian through, okay yeah sorry if you're in the middle of no no i th- I, yeah. I thought that you were flipping through like a notebook no. And you were like, or you could be a wolf. And you're like, about to read me something amazing. <laughs> no, but if you were one of the, because they give you, the, in the book, they give you bear, eagle, and wolf. Right. That you can choose the, from. The, the spirit. And, it, and I think in some of the other books, there are other animals you can pick. Yeah. Um, but like, say if you were, you were a, like a, like an eagle totem one. What if you were just an actual eagle that somehow got like resurrected as a human. Mm -hmm. And so you got a human brain now. So you're thinking human thoughts, but that whole eagle lifetime is still there. And so you would also make decisions like what would an actual eagle do? (laughs) (laughs) These scenarios. And then uh, like, or if you were like a, the, the, the wolf or the bear one, like a lot of the times the ways that a wild animal would respond in the situation, if a human did those exact things, it would look like they were like going into a frenzy, you know? Right. Going yeah, into yeah. a berserker rage. But it's really, it's just a bear being a regular bear responding yeah. pretty naturally to what is going on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And they look extremely angry to us, but like who knows what they're actually yeah. thinking. They could just be like it's just a normal defense mechanism. Yeah. Possibly. 
yeah, that's a good way of doing a reskin using one of the uh, paths. <laughs> well, a wizard turned a bear into a human now. Yeah, that's another one. Yeah. You're not you're not uh, who you look like on the outside. Yeah, you've through you're not even the same species. Yeah, through years you have figured out how to pretend to be a human. Yeah, but deep down, yeah, yeah, you could also be like a split personality, uh, Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, the Hulk. Yeah, scenario. Yeah. Uh, mom strength. Or dad strength. You hear yeah. about people turning over cars in times of need. Yeah. When, when their babies are threatened. That could just be you. Yeah. <laughs> just all the... Yeah, totally. Stuff like that. Uh, so you don't have to be defined by your rage necessarily. But what kind of defines barbarians historically... And they mention it under the primal instinct heading about how they feel about civilization being no virtue, but a sign of weakness. Barbarians, um, barbarian used to be a Greek word that was used to describe anyone not from Greece. Yeah. So if you weren't from Greece, you were a barbarian, which meant things. Yeah. I think it was also, it was like somebody who didn't speak Greek. Yeah. Like, I guess those are probably pretty much the same thing. More or less the yeah. same thing. It also yeah. meant um, someone that doesn't speak well. Right. Because the Greeks really put a lot of uh, value in speaking well. Yeah. And if you couldn't speak their language well, because even that, like, they're barbarians, they have their own language, they're other nations, but they probably, like, everyone kind of spoke a little bit of their neighboring tongue. Yeah. So people were speaking Greek who weren't speaking it well because they weren't Greek. And that was, that made them think they were dumb. Right. Like, like more the, like, it's a silly thing for people to think today. Uh, it lingers in more juvenile minds. Yeah. That someone who can't quite talk properly is necessarily dumber than you. But, as I was reading about this and it was generally accepted, it is generally accepted by people that kind of study ancient Greeks that they really thought that barbarians were dumb because they couldn't speak Greek well. And that was right. like speaking Greek well was a sign of intelligence. Yeah. doesn't matter how you speak your own language. Yeah. I, but yeah, I mean like, but if you look at the way, like I, the, most of what I know about like ancient Greek culture is from like Plato and Aristotle and mm -hmm. other, uh, philosophers right so if you were if you were if you were like a like a learned greek person and you you read you read it you know you've read you're familiar with plato's stuff right mm -hmm. <laughs> stuff um uh then like you would if you're a platonist you would you would believe that there was a like a, a form of language right and then any other language was like partaking in that form it was a little bit like that but there was this form of language it was like you know, you, you could be super metaphysical about it and it's like, that's like existing on its own plane of reality somewhere mm -hmm. else that all, everything in our reality is just resembling. Or you could, like most Greeks probably just like wove that into their religious beliefs, right? So the, the idea would be like language, uh, like language itself was the Greek language. Right. And you would be raised 
like with pretty much that unspoken unconscious belief that like language itself was the language that you spoke yeah there. civilization itself language was greek civilization yeah. and um like any aspect of culture like cooking was greek cooking and like you know maybe you could find other good things elsewhere and like incorporate that in but this there was this very much like pre like philosophical idea like like it was just taken for granted that like the greek way of doing things was yeah the right way they of were doing exposed things to many Greece. cultures but they didn't have like this multicultural view yeah. of things yeah it was like everything i see what you're saying yeah, yeah. which is like like i i was you probably like most uh cultures that don't have like a lot of experience with other cultures might have a similar kind of thing mm-hmm. um but like that was uh i think like that specifically was a part of like ancient the ancient greek well yeah because they ended up like for a while being right yeah because they were so powerful so it was like well obviously we think what we think is true because yeah we have the power yeah and you can look at the influence of that right because like so much of like european culture at large is coming from ancient greek culture Mm -hmm. and the whole like eurocentric colonialist mindset is is kind of an extension of the idea that yeah, the way definitely. we do things is the right way and the way other people do things is the weird way yeah. it's deviant yeah you know <laughs> that's exactly it yeah so they had this whole class of people barbarians and so not like going along with that not only were barbarians these people that weren't greek yeah and who sucked as a result but the word itself is derived from uh it's basically like durka durka yeah it pretty much is <laughs> barbar is yeah. was like that's it's like a nonsense word that's like them making fun of people going bar 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 so barbarian doesn't come from anywhere other than like a greek nonsense word to yeah. describe people that were it's like saying like oh look at these durka durkians yeah. And those are barbarians. Yeah. They're a Durka Durka. God damn. <laughs> it's the best. It's yeah. so crazy. It's that's and that that is such an enduring word, you know, that it's like stuck around. Which one? Barbarian. barbarian. <laughs> this, whole, yeah. this whole time. Yeah. Yeah, well because it it came to describe a whole region, the uh yeah. the Barbary or Burberry mm-hmm. coast. Yeah. Of northern Africa. Right. Yeah. Which became like an for a while i think was like an official designation yeah i don't think it was ever like one nation it was like a region yeah i think and uh burberry pirates were a big deal for a period of time uh but all comes from from that word from that greek word meaning like like stupid piece of shit guy (laughs) (laughs) So barbarians exist in contrast to civilization. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. The Greek notion of logos meant language, but also reason. Yeah. So it was the same thing. Yeah. So if you didn't have good Greek language, you had no reason. You had no, you were like, you were like not human. Yeah. And, uh. The term barbarian became really common in the 6th century because chattel slavery became so common and Greeks were so powerful that even like lower, excuse me, lower class families would have like a slave or two. Right. Um, So there were barbarians everywhere. Yeah. And for 
sometimes, especially in Athens, people in Athens would even call other Greeks barbarians because you weren't like the high class Greeks living in Athens. Yeah. So it's this real othering word. And then the Romans stole it like they stole everything else from the Greeks. Yeah. And made a bunch of war against barbarians yeah. <laughs> as as a sort of like uh hobby yeah but a whole and like at the whole time like uh convincing everybody is like these people are going to invade us and kill us all so we've got to go get them first and then just expanded everything yeah it just you know? went everywhere yeah you didn't yeah. need much reason to do it i think rome was romans were pretty happy to be like yeah go get them yeah <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah. What else would Rome be? You know, yeah, Other than like conquering things and what else yeah. are you gonna do? Yeah, I've got some uh, real barbarian examples, barbarians of note. Yeah, all right, I've hit got, me with some barbarians uh, of note. Arminius, Arminius was born into a noble family, a Germanic tribe in 18 BC. He was also known in Germany as Hermann. Hermann. He was plucked from his home by the Romans as a boy, and he served in the Roman army. Later on, uh, he he left and rejoined his Germanic tribes and yeah. rose to prominence among them. And he ambushed and massacred three Roman legions in the uh, Teutoburg forest, and they captured, I think, three standards. Uh, the Aquila, uh, and I was looking this up. There's like a whole people that are into Roman history are really into Roman history and the Romans really loved their standards. And there's a whole list of like Roman standards lost in war and (laughs) under what circumstances and like, were they like, what's their story? Where have they been recovered? Yeah. And, uh, I think three, they, they stole three. And they were eventually recovered, but like it took a really long time. And I think, no, not this one. There's a there's a famous. I think it was the Ninth Legion. Disappeared with their their standard on like the, what is now near like the English Scottish, boundary. Right. Um. Anyways, that's not Arminius. Uh. So he. The commander of that Roman legion that lost in the Teutoburg forest uh, killed himself, fell on his own sword, and the Romans withdrew behind the Rhine and did not ever attempt any more invasions over it. And he's been hailed as a nationalist hero during the unification of Germany in the 19th century. But after World War II, his uh, clout has been diminished because of associations and use as a as a promoter of the third reich right yeah even though he had nothing to do with any no nothing to do with any of it but yeah yeah of german freedom against rome so these barbarians are freedom fighters they are like underdogs even in, in, in history, there's uh, Boudicca. Yeah. 
who is the name of the daughter of friends of ours. Yeah. And also, uh, one of the best Enya songs. Bodica? <laughs> it's a real good song. Really? Yeah. Enya? I haven't thought of Enya in forever. Yeah. I only know the... We are no the what is that one uh what is what is boudica yeah it's the one that's like and it's a very quiet kind of like a like a this it's like it sounds like an enya song but like to me there's like a quiet little rage in the back of it there's like a, there's like an indignance to some something oh, that's is in there that a song. frenzy as well yeah but it's it's real far away it's like hidden in there that's what makes it a good song oh, it implies I'll, more I'll than check it, it out says later. yeah is m&m on that one <laughs> uh no which one do you, which one are they together doesn't matter. Boudica was a Celtic woman mm-hmm. and trained in fighting and weapons alongside the men of her tribe. Her husband was king, I've never spoken this out loud, Prasitagus of the Iceni people of East Anglia. Uh, the king died with no heir in 60 AD. The Romans took the opportunity to annex his kingdom and flog Boudica and rape her two daughters. Then the Roman provincial governor left the region. The warrior queen led a rebellion of disgruntled tribesmen and other tribes to victory over the Roman Ninth Legion. Oh, so that's where that was. Yeah. According to the Roman historian Tacitus, Boudicca's forces massacred some 70,000 Romans and pro-Roman Britons. Then the governor returned and won a standoff and defeated Boudicca, who likely killed herself with poison. So very tragic. Um, A great story. Can't believe this shit used to happen all the time. (laughs) Yeah, all the time. I mean, stuff like this still happens in the world, but... I feel like it was like rampant. Actually, the weird thing about like a lot of uh, um, like medieval and ancient wars is like if you were like a like a like a soldier in an mm. army, you, most of the time you're a peasant that was conscripted into it. You know, you're forced to do it, or you were like some kind of noble. But mm. the Romans, they had like a professional army. Right, yeah. there were, your whole job is to be a soldier all the time. Yeah, I think the Assyrians had a professional army before that, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. It was not a super common thing. So, uh, a lot of the time for like a Roman soldier, I remember reading this. You'd maybe see like one battle in your life because they would. There were a lot of legions. They would mm-hmm. rotate out the legions, unless you're like one of those ones that was on like a real long campaign, like the ones that uh, 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 Caesar. You know, took a bunch of like the, there's a couple times where you go on like a real long campaign, but most of the time you were uh, like building a road or you yeah, were, you were doing, doing yeah, like any kind of like manual labor. Basically, you yeah. were you were just there to do that, and occasionally you fought stuff. Um, so like there was not. Uh, it's weird. Like you you think about like being a soldier, like the whole like being a soldier and seeing a lot of combat all the time, over and over and over again. That's mostly new. Yeah, that's 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 mostly like uh, something like from Napoleon 
and onwards that happened. Like most of the time there was like maybe once or twice you'd, you'd actually fight other people. And even then yeah. you wouldn't necessarily be on the front line. No. And mostly you were, you were, you were just trying to chase the other people away. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then you just chase them away and where are they going to go? You're in the middle of nowhere and they're, they're deserters. So yeah. like most the, the odd massacre. Yeah. Where it was just like someone had you dead to rights. Yeah. Or you had someone dead to rights. Yeah. Yeah. And even like, uh, barbarians started as the Roman Empire was declining. There were started being a ton of barbarian soldiers. Yeah. That joined up that like previously at war. And now it's like, they see a hiring sign outside and they're like, Oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to check that out. There is also who we got. Let's skip this one. Alaric, Alaric the first, one of the most famous barbarian leaders, the goth King Alaric one rose to power after the death of the Eastern Roman Emperor Theodosius II, 395 AD. Uh, this death shattered fragile peace between Rome and the Goths. The Western Emperor Flavius Honorius refused to supply Alaric's forces with land and supplies. So the Goth forces laid siege to Rome, and in the summer of 410, a group of rebellious slaves opened the Salarian Gate, and Alaric's troops became the first foreign enemy to enter the city in 800 years. They plundered Rome in over three days, but treated its inhabitants humanely. He is thought to have died sometime after he left on some expedition to Africa. His descendants were, are the Visigoths, and they migrated in what is now Spain. So successful dude apparently treated people humanely, which I don't know how you can. Yeah, maybe there are accounts of it, but like, I feel like that's hard to call. That is pretty hard to call, and also, like, who wrote those accounts? Yeah, right. And like, by what standard of standard of like humane? Yeah, like, is this is humane versus like what Romans do to the places yeah, that they like, conquer? I don't, I, I don't know how to. I I didn't research like how they knew he treated them humanely for just that's just a story but it's like it's such a throwaway it's a weird thing like, yeah oh, okay <laughs> i'm sure like sacking a city yeah we sacked the city we burned everything down and took all the food stores but we didn't kill everyone yeah we left a bunch of people yeah we shook hands yeah well we didn't salt the earth <laughs> like you did to the carthaginians yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got attila the hun He's the big time one of number number one or number two real life barbarians, I would say. Yeah. He was born into a royal family of Huns, which were a nomadic people in what is now Hungary. Uh, he rose to power alongside his brother, Bleda, and then he eventually killed his brother so that he could be the true one leader of the Huns. He assumed control of the empire that stretched across Central Europe. Uh, he eventually invaded Gaul, present-day France, in 450. Uh, 
the Romans and Visigoths together fought against him and blocked the invasion. And two years later, he invaded Italy instead. And uh, he was really successful and the Romans were kind of scared and they sent Pope Leo the first as a peace emissary and the details of their meeting are unknown, but Attila withdrew his troops and returned to Hungary after that. Just got a real stern talking to from yeah. the Pope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in 453, he was found dead the morning after his wedding. Uh, one of his weddings. The, he was apparently the victim of a fatal nosebleed which could have been accidental alcohol poisoning or a murderous conspiracy possibly involving his new bride. But no one knows for sure. Mm, Yeah. And that is somewhat similar to Genghis Khan's story, or Genghis Khan, depending on uh, how you're supposed to pronounce it. Um, Just like died accidentally of possibly natural causes. Yeah. And like... That's kind of the whole thing about uh, Genghis Khan was that we like Western civilization might have like never happened. Yeah. If he didn't accidentally die. Yeah, totally. (laughs) There's so much. Yeah. It's weird because you like you can make like any general historical like trends or like thing that you can identify. The exception is always like except the Mongolian Empire. Yeah. Like except for the (laughs) Mongolians. Like you could say it's like, oh, you know, never like nobody can ever invade Russia in winter. It's like, yeah. well, if you're the Mongolians, like you can, you can. right? Um, like nobody that you, you can like any kind of like you can't have. I don't know. I forget exactly what some of the other ones were, but there's there's always the exception of like except for the Mongolians. Yeah, because yeah. they're uniquely effective. Yeah, you know, it, the Mongolian Empire is the reason for "Don't shoot the messenger," where that phrase comes from. It's oh, because yeah. when they uh, when they were at the the gates of uh like uh, essentially Babylon where the library of Babylon was mm-hmm. they said would send a messenger basically being like hey you can still keep living your lives just like give us tribute and like a bunch of your like fighting men and uh, call yourselves part of the Mongolian Empire but you can you can just keep doing your thing or like we'll destroy everything we'll cut all of your heads we'll off just, we'll just we will destroy this place and yeah. then they like sent the messenger back dead. Mm-hmm. And then, so they send a second messenger being like, we're really serious. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't like, we have a lot of people over that hill <laughs> and like, we're not kidding. And they sent that guy, uh, uh, to be dead too. <laughs> so <laughs> they killed him. him to be dead. And, and, and he, uh, so then when the Mongolian, uh, horde, I like, it seems weird calling it a horde, right. but that's, I think it was called the golden horde. Like, yeah. Maybe that word they, got his connotations. They called themselves from, the golden horde, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So then when they, when they invaded, they, they took the, uh, the, they threw the entire library into the river, into, I forget if it was the Tigris or the Euphrates, Mm -hmm. and it, which like apparently ran black with ink for days. (laughs) They destroyed the whole thing. Uh, and, (laughs) yeah, well, cause they were, they were like, cause the Mongolian people, uh, at the, at the time, like they had like a sort of history of, of being oppressed by Chinese empires before that, before they took over everything after that. Yeah. And books seemed to be like a Chinese kind of thing to do from like a Mongolian soldier's (laughs) point of view. If you were a Mongolian general and that was the world you lived in, like that's, you, you don't, you don't need this. So they destroyed all the books and they salted the earth. They lit and they did and they killed everybody and destroyed everything. And allegedly, that's why you don't shoot the messenger is because uh, 
uh, they, they might wipe you out from existence. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good lesson to learn. Yeah. But that phrase has sort of changed to be like, look, I'm just the messenger. I'm not the person who's doing this thing. I'm just the one saying the thing is happening. Yeah. Yeah. Is kind of what that has come to mean. <laughs> but I feel like this is a... a um, we, I, I might need to offer a correction on some of these details in the future, Great. but like, that's, that's, you know, yeah, that's I we live for that. Yeah. Um, I will talk about Genghis Khan, uh, in terms of the Dungeons and Dragons barbarian. Yeah. Because Genghis Khan, probably the most famous real life barbarian. Yeah. Also like nothing like the barbarian as described in the fifth edition manual, except for maybe kind of disdain for civilization. Yeah. For other civilizations. Yeah. But not like, not in the same way and definitely not simply tapping into a reservoir of rage to fight because they fought very smartly. Very. Yeah. Tactically, they were very skilled at what they did. So the whole thing about in D and D the barbarian and the fighter yeah are similar where they're yeah. they are like they are combat oriented characters and the difference between them thematically is supposed to be that the barbarian is not necessarily a trained fighter perhaps an experienced fighter and a powerful one but not yeah. one very well versed in like traditions or techniques yeah um and the barbarian finds their power from within this like wellspring of yeah power uh, that comes from the rage somehow. And the fighter is is a more even keel, well rounded yeah. guy who's yeah. like in it for the long haul. Yeah, I was kind of like a fighter to me was like just somebody who was like it just like any, how anybody can be like prodigiously good at yeah. a thing, like a really good athlete or a really good player of some instrument. They were just really good at armed combat. Right. Right. Which the Mongols were. Yeah. Cause they are trained archers, trained horseback archers yeah. for the most part. Yeah. So the most famous real life barbarians are actually a lot more like fighters. Yeah. In the rules, according to like the descriptions in the, in the D and D game. Yeah. Which I don't know. I mean, I'm not. I'm not trying to like stick it to yeah. Wizards of the Coast or something. For like, you got it all wrong, man. You did it wrong, you dumb idiots. It's just that like, uh, when it doesn't work, when barbarians are too successful, yeah, they become fighters. Yeah, because you have a whole like nation, a whole empire. And you're like, well, shoot, how do I, like, actually continue doing this? And it's like, oh, I guess I enforce discipline. Yeah. Uh, have a, like, kind of unified, universal training uh, regimen. Mm-hmm. Uh, set tactics that we use and refine over time. And, uh, in like make that work yeah whereas an individual is like is is better you can have more sympathy with an individual like conan the barbarian which the barbarian class is mostly based on yeah is 
like doesn't really like civilization uh never had official at least like his origins didn't come from somewhere with like real official training he just was a good fighter and then has honed his experience his his skills through experience and then like came to train with specialized foreign people to him foreign to him people over time uh but always relied on himself and shunned people who were too can like can uh he shied away from the supernatural world yeah he was he even like would confess to being kind of afraid of it yeah would avoid it if he could yeah he would fight it if he had to yeah well because like his village was burnt down by a wizard so that's supernatural stuff right (laughs) yeah um and like uh there's that whole i'm I'm, i i think this is one of the books uh but like it's certainly in the movie where he's just praying to crom and it's like and if you're not going to give me the strike then to hell with you yeah you know it's it's great it's like help me fight this people and if not like yeah screw you doesn't even (laughs) uh really respect his own yeah deity that he talks about uh these are all really kind of uh like you really got to hand it to him. Yeah. It's kind of admirable. And you see the kind of like nobility in what he is because people who do mess with the supernatural and try to use it for their own gain, uh, inflict harm on the world and usually harm on themselves. Yeah. Whereas he doesn't mess with the supernatural world. He just tries to get by. Yeah. And do his thing. And it's civilization that's always fucking up that he and doing things that he has to kind of clean up, which is a romantic way of looking at it. But it's very evocative and attractive yeah. to a lot of people. But when you have if you had like a nation full of Conans, it would be awful. Dude, yeah, <laughs> it would be ridiculous. <laughs> so a barbarian like has to be the underdog. Yeah. Otherwise, they turn into something else. Yeah, there. But there's also like the um the the Viking like berserkers, uh, mm-hmm. right? Which where there's like there's not a lot of like uh like direct evidence uh that this is what they would do. But like some scholars like have argued that they would like take like they would do like mushrooms. Eat they a would bunch take, of mushrooms. Eat a bunch yeah. of mushrooms and then just go just go bonkers and then just run into battle like. Yeah. Which most sounds like it would be a hindrance. Well, that's the thing about them <laughs> right? too is that you would like if you were also a Viking and not yeah. a berserker, you would just give them as much space as well. Just let them do their thing. Yeah, yeah. Which is also a barbarian thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think there's some uh, in the older editions, the, a more powerful barbarian. It's certainly some like. Uh, prestige classes back in third edition would be like uh, they have to attack the nearest thing whether friend or foe right so they would really kind of dig into that idea Um, yeah I don't think there's any way of telling if the berserkers were like that or not I remember reading about berserkers a long time ago but I don't remember too much yeah the word berserk though um uh, coming from the old Norse actually means without shirt. Yeah, because they would they'd be such a frenzy they'd take off their their shirts. Yeah, it just means you you're you're shirtless. shirtless so berserk just means shirtless. Yeah. So next time <laughs> you are taking off your shirt, you can just say you're going berserk. Going berserk. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>... 
All right. I've also heard of uh, bear shirts and wolf shirts yeah. being different kinds of like unit in a in a Viking strike force. Yeah. Where a bear shirt would be the more uh, brutal berserker type of guy and then a wolf shirt would employ glamours and be stealthy and yeah uh, deceptive yeah which is a cool way to describe your units as wearing different kinds of shirts of fierce animals yeah <laughs> yeah all right yeah can you think of any other uh barbarian stuff any more barbarian stuff Conan the Barbarian himself didn't have a ton of rage. No. Very no. good at fighting, but there's no, the, like, the idea of someone turning on this, like, extra reservoir of combat ability. Yeah. And then having it go away and be exhausted. Not him. Didn't do it. Yeah, no. And there's, yeah. And Conan is a weird, is like the, the, like, ground zero of, like, a modern fantasy version of what a barbarian would be is a weird one because he does canonically a whole bunch of non-barbarian things yeah he's real sneaky yeah sometimes he uses a bow a bunch yeah 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 because he learned a lot of stuff over his adventures and yeah uh uh robert e howard would write his stories not in a linear yeah order yeah and in different places so he would just learn. He would just have different skills and do different things. Yeah. And people, you know, you play the game of like putting a uh, character from media and like what are their classes. Like Conan's actually probably like he's got like probably one level in barbarian and the rest in like rogue. Yeah. And fighter. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. And like pretty high charisma. There's a lot of there's a lot of him like just being a leader to other people sometimes, you know? Yeah. Uh, no, no, I take that back. That's not. That's not. In the stories I've then. read, he's he has a high charisma because he's played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. And also, uh, what's his name? Cal Drogo. Yeah. What's his name? Aquaman. Uh, Who's like? Uh, he's a he's a Harlequin model man brought to life with his vicious eyebrows. So that's where the charisma comes from the the movies. In the stories that I've read, he's he does kind of take charge, but not because he's charismatic. Yeah. Because he's the only competent person. Who's Jason got Momoa. The, Momoa. Momoa. Yeah. Jason Momoa. Yeah. Sorry, Jason. Um I actually like Jason Momoa. Yeah. I think he's good. Yeah. Uh but Conan. Yeah, he just kind of kept his head down. He wanted to do cool things, but he uh, don't think he had a reservoir of rage. Yeah. I thought about trying to ha- how you would set up like a non-standard barbarian with a different race. The three given here, human, half-orc, and dwarf are like... Yeah. Human, you can picture easily. Yeah. Half-orc is like the obvious yeah. choice for a barbarian uh dwarf also a good choice also there's a lineage of like troll slaying dwarves yeah from the warhammer setting yeah 
where there's like a whole subculture of dwarves who hate trolls and other giants so much that they like join this uh like kind of suicidal society yeah of orange mohawked uh like suicide yeah. warriors basically yeah and their like leaders have the biggest orangest mohawks yeah ever <laughs> you know and they're like specialized into like different because there were troll slayers but then yeah. there was like other slayers other giant slayers yeah. yeah they were like specific slayers and they would all they would cover themselves in like spiked armor so that yeah. if they were like touched or held or yeah. like grasped by giants or swallowed by giants yeah. then they would do as much damage to them as possible that's a uh, in the in the sword coast adventurer's guide there is another uh path you can take as a barbarian mm-hmm. um only works this is only allowed unless the dm says otherwise if you're a dwarf where you're i think it's a battle rager yeah and their specific things are covered in spiky armor right and they can hurl themselves at things. yeah 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 so that's that thing uh but what if you wanted to be like an elf barbarian yeah what's that like yeah well um like if it was a wood elf yeah right um oh yeah the in the Dragonlance books there was i think the kaganesti because there were different elf nations which is kind of where we get the delineation between high elves and wood elves i think yeah um they were like almost like barbarian yeah elves yeah yeah like brutal fey warriors yeah totally real feral you know i could imagine them like sharpening their teeth yeah and so those would be probably your yeah. more like in harmony with nature types yeah spirit mm-hmm. spirit warriors yeah um I, I uh i've seen more than one example of people making gnome barbarians just yeah. for the juxtaposition for of that it's that it's kind of a silly thing that somebody a, a small little tinkerer who can talk to animals would yeah just like <laughs> it's great yeah but it can be done well it can be done well. It can, because gnomes in this game, too, are, like, f- more connected to the fae. Yeah. So, the fae being, like, a wild place. Yeah. A wild plane of existence, anyways. Yeah. It kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, halflings. You can... I think of, like, odd ones. Yeah. Like, halflings that, like, eat... I don't know, really spicy food or something. <laughs> uh Halflings who like to argue will yeah. like hype themselves up into such a froth. Yeah. Yeah. They're uh they they're like real, real sticklers for like how their uh garden is maintained and mm-hmm. arranged. And if that is called into question, there it's just like a switch is flipped. <laughs> and <laughs> Because I'm I I'm I'm picturing hobbits when I'm picturing halflings, right? So I'm yeah. picturing like rural English folk. Yeah. Uh, so like what would drive <laughs> what would set them off yeah uh uh introducing them to and then depriving them of a magical ring yeah that would do it <laughs> for sure for sure dropping eaves um <laughs> yeah getting them really drunk not inviting them to their birthday party not inviting them to their own birthday party yeah well not not like if you aren't invited to another notable halfling's birthday party right you would be you'd be upset about that and you'd want to <laughs> knock on their door and have a word with them so you'd have to play so i think you'd have to roll all of these like uh examples of the slighted 
halfling into a character concept where like in order to go into a rage you have to have perceived <laughs> some like insults to your yourself uh and that could be fun that could be fun especially if you're kind of working with one of the other players to be like hey you know when those goblins attacked us that's a lot you know just kind yeah, of like someone eggs you put on. it into that kind of framework yeah yeah yeah, I don't know. It's 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 too easy to. Well, the half orc was was mentioned in the yeah, book. Half orc's easy. That's, Dragonborn's kind of easy. Yeah. Tiefling, like demonic nature, takes over. Yeah. Uh, that kind of covers it. Yeah, half elf. You could do any elf or human stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh. Very quickly, I want to I want to touch on the prominent barbarians of media that right. I came up with. Yeah. Um, a minute before you got in this room. Great. Uh, Dark Wolf from the movie Fire and Ice. Right. Yeah. Who is basically just an illustration of a Conan-inspired barbarian come yeah. to life. Yeah. He's just a brawny dude with, like, a, a dark, like, puma hat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pretty he's really much. good at fighting. He's got huge packs. He's great. Uh, the Hulk. Yeah. He just barbarians out. He yeah. rages. He's the best example of like a, a rager. Yeah. Uh, Riddick from the Chronicles of Riddick is sort of a barbarian. Sort of a barbarian and sort of a rogue, like yeah. a multi-class barbarian rogue. Which makes him yeah. a, like a more, definitely more of like a modern Conan. Yeah. He's directly based on uh, uh, Vin Diesel's like rogue that he played. Yeah. <laughs> His real life yeah. D&D character. Yeah. Um, and a more modern one is Red from Mandy. Yeah. Nicolas Cage's character. Yeah. Who, who summons up the rage from within to, yeah. to go on his quest. Yeah. That's a good example. And one of the best monologues ever between him and a bottle of uh, vodka in a bathroom. Yeah. Which I heard someone describe as his, mo- his the bathroom monologue, which is just him screaming. <laughs> In different pitches as he goes through different emotional states. Yeah. It's, it's, there's a lot. It's a real performance. Yeah. Yeah. But one of the best, um, on screen depictions of, of a like modern barbarian, <laughs> of like a human barbarian yeah. who's like a schlubby, like 50 year old or however yeah. old he is. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah, I would say I, I don't know. I was I was gonna try to come up with some other examples of barbarians in media, but it's it was I was I kept thinking of video game characters. Way too easy to draw from that. Yeah, you know, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. Yeah, every game's got a barbarian in it. Yeah, yeah. I guess the, what, one notable one is in Diablo too. Mm-hmm. There's the whole society of barbarians who have been entrusted to take care of a world protecting thing. Yeah, and they're just like they're just the way they are is they're like tough guys who just fight things. Yeah. They're just working out yeah. and living there. Yeah. Which is funny. Like the more, the more barbarians you picture together, the like weirder the concept becomes. It's weird that there would be this like Wagnerian like society <laughs> of like barbarians who like look and act like barbarians in almost every way, but it's a strictly organized society that has like a very, yeah like serious role to play in the world yeah which is know? funny because like the uh the, the barbarians of real life 
when you see images of them, like depictions of them, yeah. uh, paintings and uh, engravings and, and so on, it's like they look very much like their contemporaries in other cultures. Yeah. They're dressed in like royal, like the, the kings, the prominent barbarians I was mentioning before, they look like almost medieval pre-medieval yeah. kings like the yeah. they're, they're not dressed in furs and like bleeding just wearing nothing but a loincloth yeah they're like they look like statesmen like yeah they're, like they're still uh like they get dressed <laughs> in the morning like yeah uh they're not these brawny naked uh fight all day people but the concept of the individual guy who's like that is very yeah. strong because of Conan and especially the movie, yeah, the Schwarzenegger movie. But when you have you get a whole nation of Schwarzenegger Conans together, yeah, it becomes insane, and it probably like would break apart because they're so anti-collective, yeah, or anti-civilization, yeah, that like it reaches a critical mass pretty quickly that it can't like they just get into an argument about what to do and then splinter off and kill each other and fight off each other. So like a big group of them working together to do something so important as guard, like a gate to hell in Diablo yeah. is like ridiculous. It's like ridiculous. they have, they all have like a bunch of weights that they're like lifting nearby and like they're all like eating, punching camels. Yeah. All the stuff Conan's do. Yeah. It's pretty messed up. <laughs> okay that's enough of i think that's it that's barbarians yeah. there's your barbarians uh this has been the first foray into the player's manual and we'll get back to it later but we got some d's to go through yeah i forget what the next one is oh death knight the next one's death knight death knight yeah yeah great and i promise uh dave you talked to me about the Cyclops from Krull. And I'm going to remember, I'm going to look up his story again because it is uh, tragic and strange. And he's the weirdest looking Cyclops on film. It's a very strange Cyclops. Yeah. That's it. All right. Go home. Good night. <laughs>